This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Ever podcast in conjunction with the Talk Sport Fan Network. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and joining me this week in our absolute treat listeners live and unleashed in the preview show studio, it is my colleague and our resident statistician Dave Roberts. Dave, hello. Hello Natalie, how are you? I'm very excited that we've got us in the studio, it's been a while. It has. It is. Well, well it, it, it hasn't. I, I, I've been here, but not when you've been here. And I know. That's it. We've had, we've had a few holidays. So we, like Dave and I have been like ships passing in the night. Uh, we really have. Well, it's very good that we've got us both here. And I'm very excited about this episode. Dave, um, before we get on to preview the Clarets next game, um, fixtures are coming thick and fast this, this month. Eight games in one month, which is blatantly, and it's not even borderline, it's blatantly ridiculous. Um but there is a familiar pattern emerging amongst this young claret side, Dave. Yeah, one, 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 Lots of draws. But seriously, the, the biggest problem, Dave, is this just inability to see games at which, uh, from a decade of a Sean Dash side who were very well known for their strong jaws and doing just that, getting their noses in front and holding on to leads, it, it's... It's a slightly uncomfortable feeling to see us, dare I say, vulnerable. Yeah, I mean there is there is that we've uh, we seem to have lost the strong jaw. We need to get that back. We were a side that didn't score tons of goals, and when we won games, we did tend to get the lead and hold on to it. Um, and we have struggled to do that so far this season. We've got our nose in front in plenty of games, particularly recently, and uh, and not been able to see it out with. Uh, late goals in, in several games and it happened again on uh, on Wednesday evening. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult judgment, isn't it, really? Because it's it's a different manager, it's a different coaching staff, it's different players. So asking them to adopt the same strong draw mentality that a entirely different staff and player um, profile had is obviously a little bit different. VK tends to do things a different way, but even if we don't, fall as far into the die strong jaw trap he does need to have a look at this is it is it naivete on yes listeners i know i said nativity on twitter whatever let's move on from that 
is it naivete, Dave, or is it something more technical in terms of coaching? Where do you sit with this? Um, it's maybe a couple of things. It, it, it is the fact that it's a relatively new team trying to um, find a way. It's very difficult to do that so quickly. Um, and it is going to take perhaps a little bit of time to to, to gel and, and get that side of it and get the balance sometimes, isn't it? It's a case of, well, you know, sometimes when, when to go for that second goal and, and, and make sure you get your noses further in front, make things easier and when to hold on and being able to do that. So it's it's not that easy. And I think we have to, as fans, show patience. It is early in the season. You know, the, the season isn't won and lost in uh, in October, but um, if it can go either way. You can try and get uh, a good run of two or three wins together. That really gets you up the league. Um, you know, looking at the, the points we have lost, if we'd have held on to those leads, we'd have been clear at the top of the table. We're clearly not there. Um, but the chances aren't lost. There are still, I think we're only uh, five points behind the, the mm. two teams after 12 games. We're still within touch. And I think um, um, uh, we, we saw this in the press conferences going back a couple of weeks when Vincent Company said, well, you know, provided we're sort of in and around it when we're going to the yeah. World Cup. And I think that's kind of where we need to be mindful of. We need to be within striking distance at that stage of the season. It's a case of, well, that will give an opportunity perhaps to regroup. And yeah. it's almost like two seasons. There's going to have to be a sort of a, a mini pre-season before you go back into the games in December. There might even be some um, friendlies being arranged, I guess, to, to, to yeah, try and get so. it's, yeah. it's a very, very unusual season. Yeah, it is. I guess my concern with the staying within touching distances is if you have too many draws and you do drop too many points, you can easily find yourself cut adrift and then you're paying it a catch-up game. I guess I understand the frustration from fans' perspectives, Dave, because we, we've we been used to success and we wanted to come onto this season and we want to win the league again. We won it last time we were in this division. We want to be champions again. We want to go back up automatically if possible. Um, just we don't want to avoid the lottery of the the playoffs and we want to prove to everybody that this decision was right and that the overhaul was needed and this new side that we're building can be an exciting um new evolution of this Burnley side. So I understand the the, the Burnley fans' frustration and also it's just it's just kind of annoying when I, I, I guess Dave, it's not just conceding the goals. I think the annoying thing and the frustrating thing is to be so dominant in games and to gift like last night was an absolute joke Stoke City were by far and above the worst side that we have played this season they offered nothing they came for a point and we need to be aware of that don't we Dave because all teams are going to come to turf asking for a point but even when they went to goal behind they just threw the white flag you know through the toweling whatever the expression is wave the white flag whatever um and they didn't even try and change their game plan to try and get a goal out of it they just gave up and we still gifted them a point which they absolutely did not deserve so I get that frustration and I think that's as football fans you do carry a little bit of an ego with you I think and I think that's what's maybe showing in terms of the frustration do you think that's fair uh yeah I think that 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 uh, it's fair to a certain extent, both in terms of what you said about the expectation, but also in terms of the game as well. I think there was frustration in the first half. Again, we had a lot of possession, yeah. had a few long-range chances. I thought once we got that goal in front, that was going to be enough. 
Um, and sadly, yeah, me it's, too. Should have been. It's, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's um, it, it, it's it's points lost and it's disappointing against a side that, as you say, came with no real ambition. They'd come off a very heavy defeat. A draw would have been a fantastic result for them, and I think they're delighted with getting a a point with that late goal. But it's uh, very disappointing for uh, for us having gone in front, and as I say, the way we've we played the game as well. The um, the possession we had perhaps didn't make enough of it in the first half. Second half came a little bit more too. But again, we maybe need to press on a little bit more and and press that advantage and and get the second and third goal, and then it doesn't become a, a problem, does it? Mm. I'm going to throw something open to you just because this was raised in our newsletter team. And I, if if this is completely throwing you into the lion's den, then don't answer it. But because this is going to be controversial, you know, I like throwing controversial things at you. But were you bored by that first half performance? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Me too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dave, that was wonderful. That was, I didn't know whether you would answer that. Yeah. No, me too. I was bored. I was like, Possession's great. And I we were in the we listened to an interview with um Jay a couple of weeks ago when we were in the he won the, the play of the game and we just happened to be in the hospitality and he came in and he was questioned about this, about the difference in this side and the possession football. And he said it is something that VK is massively coaching him on. And he's saying that when you've got the ball all the time, that is really uncomfortable a position for the opposition. They are chasing shadows the whole game and they cannot score while you've got possession. And Jay did say himself that, look, we were there all the time in the Premier League. We never had possession. It was horrible. We hated it. And it's really difficult to play against. So I get that. I understand the tactic of it. But just watching us for 45 minutes pass sideways, my God, it was done. And so I'm really glad that you felt that. Which is interesting, isn't it, really, considering we were quite bored with dashboard as well. It's like, oh, my God, we're hard work. We're getting demanding us as a fan base, Dave. We are very demanding, yes. <laughs> it is. OK, well, let's, let's move on. Let's uh, let's move away from that um, Stoke game, because we are, of course, moving straight on to another game. It's uh, two, two games a week at the moment, and it is, of course, Coventry City. It's Saturday the 8th of October, a 3pm kickoff away at the, it's not the Rico anymore, is it? Whatever the ground's called. So, Dave, oh, actually, no, before we, gosh, I'm out of practice. You've thrown me by being live, of course. Before we get on to previewing that show, we need to do a quiz question, don't we? <gasps> gosh, John Robertson would be mortified if I don't give the answer to this. Okay. Cool your jets, listeners. We're not going to go straight into Coventry right now. We're going to go into a quiz question. Last time, we left you with the following quiz question. Can you name the Burnley player who failed to score from the penalty spot against Stoke City at Turf Moor during the 1990s. Dave, that is one for our slightly older, uh, so we say I'm, I'm a midlife fan base. Uh, what was the answer? Did we get any question? What's that? Sorry. Uh, that's that's a fair uh, our midlife fair... our midlife listeners. What was the answer? And did we get any correct submissions, please? Uh, well, the correct answer is perhaps not an obvious one in terms of uh, in terms of players taking penalties. It was actually Gary Parkinson. Oh, missed, I say missed the penalty. It, it was saved. It was a, a rather weak effort at the um, B hole end, if I uh, remember correctly. Um, and it was saved, and uh, that was the uh, the missed penalty. And I don't think we got any correct answers. Obviously, a quick turnaround between episodes. I don't think I've received any. Uh, I haven't either. Through. 
No, no. I haven't. Listeners, you disappoint me. But it's okay, because we're going to give you another chance to put that right. We are, of course, going to give you another quiz question right at the end of the episode. So you don't need to wait long. You just need to hang around and we will set you this one for this week. Okay, let's get back into business of a previous show, Dave. Championship head-to-head, please. What's been going on with Coventry and Burnley? Uh, Well, yeah, Burnley have only faced Coventry City in 21 previous league seasons. Uh, Seven of those have been in the top flight, with the remaining 14 in the second tier. And we've been doing, as we've been doing so far this season, we're going to look back and focus on the second tier matches and specifically the away games as we're playing in Coventry this weekend. Uh, During the 1930s, we played three league games at Highfield Road, which is Coventry City's ground between 1899 and 2005. Uh, We experienced a full range of results in those three matches with a 1-0 win in March 1937, thanks to a goal from Bob Brocklebank, a 1-0 defeat in September 1937, and then a 1-1 draw in August 1938, uh, when Burnley came from behind to equalise through Ron Hornby after Tommy Chester gifted Coventry an own goal earlier in the first half. Uh, Our only other second-tier visit to Highfield Road prior to the turn of the millennium, uh, that was a convincing 3-0 win in late December 1946. Billy Morris scored a hat-trick, although the home side had been reduced to 10 men, quite a rarity in those days, uh, after the dismissal of Jack Snape, that was just before half-time, for a bad foul on future Burnley manager Harry Potts. Uh, The remaining 10 games uh, have all been since the year 2000. Um, Burnley have had an impressive away record. On the four visits to Highfield Road between 2001 and 2004, and a further six visits to the new city of Coventry Stadium um, after that. Uh, in November 2001, two first-half goals, firstly a Gareth Taylor header from a corner, and then a cheeky indirect free kick routine, which was finished off by Glenn Little, helped Burnley to a 2-0 win. Uh, that was followed by a 1-0 win in February 2003 with a goal from an unlikely source when Ian Cox found the net with a glancing first-half header. In March 2004, Burnley suffered a heavy 4-0 away defeat but were back to winning ways in February 2005 when another 2-0 win was secured. Deli Adibola had spent a month on loan at Burnley from Coventry City in 2004. But in February 2006, he scored the only goal of the game in a 1-0 win for the Sky Blues. In December 2006, the scoreline was 1-0 again in favour of the home side, as Colin Cameron scored from the penalty spot after John McGreal was adjudged to have fouled that man again, Deli Adibola. At calendar year 2008, produced two Burnley away wins. Uh, in February, goals from Adiakimbay and Robbie Blake contributed to a 2-1 win although Coventry had been hampered by the dismissal of Kevin Kyle. And then in October 2008, Burnley came from behind, uh, a goal down at half-time, in fact, to muster an impressive 3-1 away win, after second-half goals from Michael Duff and then two late efforts from Robbie Blake and Chris Eagles to seal all three points. In November 2010, Michael Doyle scored the only goal of the game to seal victory for the home side, And that just leaves one more game, which is our most recent visit to play at Coventry City, uh, which was a memorable away win from October 2011. However, we'll come back to that victory in a little while, as that's going to be the focus of our memory match feature. 
So to summarise, from Burnley's 14 previous second-tier away games at Coventry City, there have been eight Burnley wins, one draw and five defeats. Mm, lovely, lovely stuff. Um, well, before we get on to that memory match, which you've already teased us with, um, you've shared with the group before we started on air today the um, players who've played for both Burnley and Coventry. Um, not that many names on this one, actually. I thought there would be more for some reason. but the very Definitely not as many as Stoke. Um, but the one that sticks out, obviously, is the very last player who we... Uh, who has played for both sides and he's in the current squad and he's quite frankly our MVP at the moment. That is, of course, Dave. Captain Jack Hawke. Indeed. Now, what, as just a very quick pause there, what an incredible season Jack Cork's having. He shouldn't have any right to be as good in the championship that he is at his age still, but he it's like he's 21 again. This class is unbelievable. And I think VK has already realised in his, um, what was the word, when he had, when he played his game, he went through that very minor, um, what's the word I'm looking for, project. Let's see how this team works without Jack Cork in it and realised that that failed very miserably and put him back in. I think it was only one game, wasn't it, he missed. But he's um, he's just, he's running riot. He absolutely running riot. Yeah, he's had a good good start to the season. I mean, we know how well he did in the Premier League for us, so it's perhaps no surprise that he's uh, he's playing at Championship level. And um, yeah, he's, he's slotted right back in and uh, captaining the side and and doing well for us, very well. Yeah, very well. Uh, so talk us through a couple of the other names on this list, then, Dave. Let's start in the mid section again for our middle aged listeners. Well, we'll go a little bit further back. Go to uh, Ray Pointer. Played a lot of games for Burnley. Uh, two hundred and seventy games in total. Two hundred and twenty-three league games. He had uh, a spell at Coventry City. Just played twenty-six games for them. Um, another player who played a lot for Coventry, but uh, came to Burnley later in his career uh, in, with uh, Manchester City in between. That's uh, Tommy Hutchison. Um, we've got other players in there. It's going down uh, quite a few with fewer um, appearances. Uh, Paul Cook uh, played a lot for Burnley. He had a spell at Coventry as well, played 37 times for them. Um, other players we've mentioned, Deli Adibola just had a short loan with Burnley, but he had 163 league appearances for Coventry. And then going down the list in terms of other players, notable ones, uh, Chris McCann, Danny Fox, um, Lucas Djukovic. Ooh, our 2014 uh, strike partnership. Um, and Jack Cork, yeah, that's uh, well, 23 in total. Uh, we'll try and tweet out a, a list of these so people can uh, can have a look for themselves. That would be lovely. Would you like to, to uh, share these graphics, especially when there's some, uh, some corkers on there? Did you see what I did then, dear? Did you see what I did? Um, okay, let's move on then, and let's go back to that section you've already referenced in the championship head-to-head fixture, and that is, of course, our memory match. Um, what have you chosen for this? Uh, well, yeah, for this week's memory match, we're going to um, revisit our last trip to the city of Coventry Stadium. I'm calling it that because it's just easier than remembering. <laughs> what a sponsor it is now. I like it. I like your strategy there, Dave. It's good. Definitely. That, that's my strategy always for, uh, for these sort of grounds. <laughs> uh, um, we're going back uh, almost 11 years. It's uh, late October 2011. Uh, Burnley were managed by Eddie Howe at the time and Andy Thorne was in charge of Coventry City. 
Um, after a goalless first half, it was the home side who took the lead just before the hour mark uh, when Cody McDonald got on the end of a Chris Hussey cross uh, to head the ball past Lee Grant. Uh, but Burnley equalised after 73 minutes when Ben Mee's long pass was headed on by J. Rodriguez and a clever dummy from Charlie Austin uh, left Ross Wallace to finish the move with a well-taken shot. And um, It may have stayed that way, but ten minutes with 10 minutes remaining, the home side reduced to 10 men following the dismissal of Gail Bigirimana for a two-footed challenge on Kieran Trippier. It should have been a memorable day for the Sky Blues midfielder, whose 18th birthday it was that day. Uh, but the red card meant it was memorable for the wrong reasons. Um, after that, Eddie Howe's side pressed on to try and take advantage, and take advantage they did, when substitute Charlie Austin found the net in the fourth minute of added time, with a low shot past Joe Murphy to the obvious delight of 987 travelling Clarets fans. Uh, Burnley have a good record at the City of Coventry Stadium, compared with some other away grounds. And we'll be hoping we continue that with another positive result this weekend. We certainly do. Uh, well, we don't like to leave it there, listeners. We do like to tease you um, and give you a better understanding of our opposition with our opposition fan view. And this week we are joined by Sky Blues Fan TV, who give us their thoughts ahead of the game. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, my name's Glenn from Scarby Sands TV. I've been asked to give my thoughts on Coventry City v Burnley on Saturday. Um, I've also been asked to give my thoughts on Coventry City's season so far. Um, it's a bit hard to summarise the season so far in uh, less than a couple of minutes. Uh, basically, uh, we had a great pre-season. Um, started really well um, in pre-season. Looks like we were flying. Uh, and then Callum O'Hare did his hamstring in the last training session and that kind of put us on a back foot. We went to Sunderland, got a good point there. Um, goalkeeper had a bit of a clangor for the first goal. Um, then we obviously lost the Rotherham game due to the CBS pitch fiasco with Wasps and the Commonwealth Games. Uh, then we obviously went away to Millwall. We were tuning a lot, flying. Another goalkeeper mistake, go on to lose 3-2. We also found on that day that the Wigan game was going to be postponed. Uh, we lost the Wigan game and then lost the Huddersfield game. We also had a League Cup tie uh, against Bristol City that was played at Burton. We lost 4-1. Players looked shell-shocked. We played a bit of a mix-and-match team. It didn't really work. Uh, we then played Preston in our first league game at home. Lost 1-0. Typical Preston game. We have a bogey side over us. Went to Hull, lost 3-2. Again, scored two goals away from home. 
conceded the worst hat-trick I've ever seen where the striker didn't really have anything to do. Two of the goals looked potentially goalkeeping mistakes again. Uh, then we went to Norwich, uh, lost 3-0, 1-0 down, have a goal disallowed for offside that's questionable. Um, and then really, after that, we kind of got our act together. Uh, we went to Luton. We notoriously don't do well against Luton. We were 1-0 down quite early on. Vitti Jokered scores to make it 1-1. Go 2-1 down. In at half-time, could have really gone in 3-1 down. Um, come out second half, looked like the old Coventry City as of old. Uh, Gus Hamer scores, drew 2-2. Gives us a base to build on. We go away to Birmingham City. Play really good 45 minutes. Looking on top, don't take our chances. Lose Hamer for a second red card of the season, four-game ban. Uh, went to middle, played Middlesbrough at home. Good time to play Middlesbrough. Victor Jokere scored, which was kind of predictable after the summer transfer saga. Uh, and then tonight, we've got a good away point at Bristol City. Uh, in terms of the team we'll play, um, I don't expect many changes from the team that played tonight. Um, so it'll be Ben Wilson in goal. Uh, it'll be a 3 4 one, two formation. So Frankety, Dabo, and Jake Bidwell will be wing backs. Might, uh, you'll have Car, uh, Colin Callum Doyle, um, Carl McFazdeen, and Jonathan Panzo as the back three. Uh, then you'll probably have Ben Sheaf and Jamie Allen with Casey Palmer and Victor Jokerez and Matty Gordon up front. Uh, don't really know whether Callum O'Hare will play. Uh, I think at best he'll possibly be on the bench, but it's unclear whether he will be involved. It's kind of fated that he'll come on and score against you guys or have a bit of a involvement in the goal. Uh, my score prediction is, I've got a funny feeling it'll be 1-0 Cov with um, a late goal on it. OK, next up, Dave. Referee, please. Who is going to be in charge? Which incompetent championship referee have we got this time? Uh, we've got uh, John Busby of uh, Wallingford in Oxfordshire. He'll have the whistle for this Saturday's match at the City of Coventry Stadium. Uh, it'll be the first time he's taken charge of a Burnley match, but we can tell you that he's been around since 2015-16, although back then he was refereeing mainly in the National League, so that was uh, just below the Football League. Uh, so far this season, he's taken charge of 10 matches. This was before midweek. I don't know whether he had a, a game in midweek or not, but in those first 10 matches... Uh, there were 37 yellow cards, um, as well as two red cards, which were shown to uh, Paris Magoma of AFC Wimbledon, um, who was sent off for descent after the final whistle, um, and Ryan Innes of Charlton Athletic, who was sent off for a second yellow card seven minutes into injury time. So a couple of late red cards there. Um, and he seems to be fairly card happy as well. So we'll have to uh, bear that in mind on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, definitely. Um how are you feeling about the game on Saturday, Dave? Are you going, by the way? Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not down in uh, Coventry on uh, on Saturday. Um, it's one of those, isn't it? I, I did think before Wednesday, I know we shouldn't be looking too far ahead, but kind of taking the two games together, Coventry, uh, Stoke, and Stoke at home, Coventry away, it was a good opportunity to get some good results. Um, we didn't take advantage of that on Wednesday, and I think we perhaps need to on um, on Saturday it does kind of perhaps put the pressure on a little bit more to yeah. try and get a positive result having not um, done what we needed to on, on Wednesday night. Um, Coventry are a difficult one, aren't they? Because they're kind of 
lagging behind because they had the difficult start to the season with not being able to play matches because of the uh, the ground. That's been resolved now. They've relayed the pitch, although I think there are some other um, financial issues with uh, Wasps Rugby, isn't it, who play at the, the same ground. Correct, There's some yeah. issues with them potentially going, I don't know, administration or some, some issues with that, which might have a, a knock-on effect as well. So it's all a little bit um, difficult, isn't it? And also thinking about it, the, the stadium as well, it was... Um, Bernie's Paul Fletcher, wasn't it? Who was involved in the um, the project to to build the stadium in the in the first place? Oh, it I didn't so realise that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Well, that he is... did a few, didn't he? he? Was involved at Huddersfield for their ground, um, and certainly um, Coventry was one of the others that he was uh, he was involved in. I mean, it is it is an odd ground. I remember I, I've been to the ground, and um, it, it's it's kind of it, it, it's it's almost like not like a football ground. It's the, the the way it's sort of built, it's kind of all the infrastructure inside the ground. It's it's kind of a strange, strange thing, really. But you know, it's it's, it's we've got to get on and and do what we need to do. And and also, I think as well, it's worth noting that uh, credit to the Burnley fans who are going this uh, Saturday. Um, they've uh, they're trying to fleece us with the uh, ticket prices. They are. The, I'm uh, going. I had to get oh. a. I had to get a bank loan to, no, I didn't really but yeah mm. no I'm, I'm going 33 quid for a ticket yeah 33 quid and I'd pay postage as well I'm fuming 34 quid I'm sorry that's I know you and I share this view Dave but 20 is plenty well 25 is plenty is our view because Burnley have offered that to every um uh, other yeah, no, I think that is fair, but I think I think there is a there is an initiative, isn't there? To say twenty is plenty; it should actually be twenty quid. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, thirty three quid. But anyway, yeah. So good luck, us all of us who are going at the weekend. Um, give me a score prediction, then, please, Dave. Don't say one one. Don't say one one. I know you want to say one one. So I was going to say one one. No, I I, I think we're gonna, we're going to sneak a win. I think I'm going to go for the same score line we had in October 2011. We're going to go for a a 2-1 win. Excellent. Well, I think it's going to be an absolute trouncing. Now, disclaimer here, listeners, I know that Bromers Bankers has become a bit of a thing on Twitter where some of our most loyal listeners have decided to put bets on my score prediction. I and would lost and lost yes, I would encourage you all to gamble very responsibly on the basis that I know nothing and this is purely me talking with my claret tinted head on. So, please don't take this as gospel. However, I can see another Wigan performance coming along. I don't think we're going to concede. I think we're going to learn our lesson. I think we're going to have an absolute riot. And I'm going to say 4-0 to the mighty Clarets. Listeners, you know the drill by now. Can we have your score predictions, please? You can tweet us at known and ever. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page or you can um, email us at previewshow at knownandever.net. Uh, right, okay, we will. Uh, oh, actually, no, we've got a Saturday week. I nearly, I nearly moved on then to our FPL thing. Uh, Dave, you know, you you, you mess, you, you come in live and you mess with me, with me program, and I didn't know where this was coming in. Treat our listeners, please. Let's leave the Coventry preview show with the Statman Dave miscellaneous stat of the week. Uh, yeah, well, the stat of the week relates to score lines, which we were talking about earlier. Uh, despite another 1-1 draw against Stoke City on Wednesday evening, which we've uh, mentioned in great detail already, um, that was our third 1-1 draw in six home games. Um, but one positive we can cling to is that we are still unbeaten in those six home league games to date this season. 
with two wins and four draws. Obviously, we had three 1-1 draws and also the 3-3 draw against Blackpool. Uh, the last time we went undefeated in our first six home games of a league season was in the Championship in 2013-14. Uh, that season saw that run go on and on uh, to an incredible 19 home league games unbeaten from the start of the season. That was 13 wins and six draws um, until we lost back-to-back home games against Leicester City and Middlesbrough. Uh, in 2015-16, out of interest, uh, we only managed a run of four home league games unbeaten from the start of the season as we lost the fifth one. That was 2-1 against Reading. Lovely stuff. Um, OK, well, let's leave that preview show there then um, and uh, move on to what will hopefully be a lovely and entertaining FPL section. We brought in our resident FPL expert, Adam Dennett, to give us an update on where the Nona Never FPL League is as at today. Hi, Adam here with a Nona Never Fantasy Premier League update from Game Week 9. Starting with your team of the week, lining up in a 3-5-2 formation. Mesley in goal from Leeds uh, as their 10 men held on for a 0-0 draw against Aston Villa. Uh, a bat three of Kerry from West Ham with an assist and a clean sheet in their win over Wolves, which led to Bruno Large being sacked. Uh, and also in the bat three, Sanese of Bournemouth with a clean sheet and all three bonus points in the 0-0 draw at home to Brentford. Disappointing Ivan Tone and Dominic Solanke owners, uh, which a lot of people brought them in for that fixture, expecting goals, only for it to be a boring nil-nil. And completing the back three, Conor Cordy with his goal in Everton's 2-1 victory away at Southampton, which also saw Dwight McNeil on the score sheet with his first Premier League goal for a very long time. Uh, into the midfield five, some really high point scorers here. Trossard with an unexpected hat-trick for Brighton in their 3 all draw at Anfield. Foden also with a hat-trick against Manchester United in the 6-3 win. Uh, James Madison with two goals and an assist in uh, Leicester's much-needed victory over Nottingham Forest on Monday. Almiron, a five-million option from Newcastle, uh, two goals uh, in Fulham's demolition job. Uh, sorry, in Newcastle's demolition job at Fulham. Uh, people who owned the Newcastle defence were frustrated by uh, by a late goal from ten man Fulham, and completing the midfield, Jared Bowen finally coming to form uh, after blanking in every game week so far with a goal and an assist, uh, a very dodgy FPL assist if you've seen it in uh, in West Ham's win over Wolves, and up front uh, Bobby Firmino who has racked up a few holes this season, uh, not a very popular pick this year, but. Uh, becoming a genuine option as he as he keeps banging him in, but you've got to be careful with uh, Diego Jota, Diego Jota um, Nunes coming back into the fold uh, with a bit of rotation risk at the front line for Liverpool. And who else completing the lineup? Three goals, two assists. Erling Haaland, absolute machine. Uh, if you've not had him so far, then you you're miles behind the chasing pack and. You, well, you've just got to get him as soon as. A few stats from uh, Haaland's start. He's the first player in the Premier League history to score a hat-trick in three successive Premier League home games. He's also the quickest player to three Premier League hat-tricks. He's done it in eight games. The previous record was Michael Owen in 48. Uh, he's, I, I didn't know what to expect this year. Obviously a talent, but my God. 
he's uh, overperforming even the highest expectations, I think. Uh, he's also got as many Premier League hat-tricks as Nicholas Anelka, Didier Drogba, Frank Lampard, Romelu Lukaku, Cristiano Ronaldo and Jamie Vardy. And repeat, he's only played eight games. Now, onto a roundup of how the Nona Never League is looking. Uh, just do a top five summary this week. It's very tight at the top. Uh, teams are looking a bit different now. We had quite a template for the first few weeks, but there's a few strategies going on with wild cards and some blank game weeks coming up and the World Cup. Uh, so it's starting to uh, get very interesting. The top five are Rupert Booth in fifth place with 573 points, Dylan Crowther in fourth with 576, and joint top three players on 579 points are Daniel Shepherd, Adam Kay, and Peter Shuttleworth. So, yeah, all to play for in the Nona Never League, really tight. And just a quick shout out to Lucas Proctor, who managed to rack up 127 points last week. The team of the week I mentioned earlier got 160, which shows how brilliantly Lucas has done this week to to get that many points. Uh, Just a quick roundup of FPL as it is at the moment. Arsenal, just a reminder, Arsenal versus City blank in game week 12. So make sure you've got a plan for that. Uh, And if, uh, if you're unhappy with some of the cheaper players in your side, then a few teams to watch out for in the next few weeks with really good fixtures are Crystal Palace, Fulham and Wolves. Uh, check, as always, check out the team news um, for any of the latest injuries that have been around at European Games this week. Uh, I know a couple of players in my team, Mitrovic and Fafana, are, uh, are injured after after the weekend and midweek games, so there's some choices to be made. Uh, the deadline this week is a bit later than normal. It's Saturday at 1.30pm. There's no early kickoff. Um, so you've got a bit bit longer to get all the information and tinker. Another congratulations to September Manager of the Month, Josh Slater. Uh, get in touch with us if uh, on Twitter or email uh, if you haven't done already. And finally, wish you all great uh, green arrows for game week ten. Up the clarets. Okay, let's round off the previous show, Dave, with the. Quiz question, as promised, what have you decided to leave our listeners with this week? Uh, This week's quiz question is, uh, who was the last player to score a goal for Burnley at Highfield Road, which was Coventry City's former ground, and what was the year? Excellent. How do our listeners submit their questions, please? Uh, in the usual way, yes. If you can uh, contact us on Twitter, that's at no never. You can, um, well, preferably send us a direct message. That means that no one else sees your answer. Yes. Um, you can email us, uh, preview show at never.net or you can reply to the post that will go up on the Nona Never Facebook page. Lovely, lovely stuff. Well, listeners, that is all we have got time for. And our thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to get this podcast out. Our host and editor is myself, Natalie Bromley, and our producer is Matt Moss. The known and ever resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and thanks to him for all of his input on the preview show this evening. And our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. We are joined by our analysis show team, who is Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Robbie Kopak, and Adam Dennett. Our music's by George Gaskell, and we do have a weekly newsletter which you can sign up to by going to substack.nonanever.substack.com. Jamie Smith heads up our newsletter team. 
The Known and Never podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Talk Sport Fan Network. We will be back next week looking at those results from Coventry City and looking ahead to our next show. So keep an eye on social media and we will get those out there. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of others. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.